I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. We record our episodes live in Allspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset. Just log into Allspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today, we are very excited to talk about the uh, mind-blowing projects of Victory XR. They have launched what some are calling the first virtual reality high school in the metaverse and are already providing virtual cadaver labs for pre-med students at Fisk University. Joining us is founder Steve Grubbs. Please, one more time, give a round of emoji love for Steve. Thank you. Very glad to be here. Absolutely. We're glad you have you. Uh, you we know we had a, you know, some technical difficulties. The metaverse is still a new thing. It's, uh, it's, we're all exploring it together and, and experimenting, but uh, we know you're super busy and we're really happy to have you here uh, and try out Altspace a little bit. Yeah. You, well, yeah. And I, obviously, I don't spend a lot of time in Altspace. I should spend more. But you know, the, the problem I had is really a, a dumb hardware problem put my Quest 2 in my head in my laptop bag driving from Austin, Texas to Dallas, Texas and while it was in the laptop bag it got turned on. And so I pulled it out for this and I go oh my gosh. <laughs> it was it was dead. So um you know you they would fix that but I'll, I'll send that out to uh, Microsoft. Right, right, exactly. Um, before we get into it, I'm curious. I'll send that off to Facebook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How, so, so it literally feels like in the last 12 months, there has been a mass exodus of all tech people out of San Francisco and Silicon Bay, area, you know, the greater Bay Area, and have all gone to Austin, Texas. So I, I, I'm just curious, how are you finding it in Austin? And are you there for the tech or are you there just uh, randomly? No, I, uh, our company is primarily based out of Iowa. I have an apartment on Rainy Street in Austin, which is, uh, if you know Austin, it's sort of a fun street. And um, I'm here two weeks a month at the, uh, at the Capital Factory, which is an accelerator for startups, particularly VR startups. And, and there's just a lot of good things about the tech scene and the community I was uh, Dra Tim Draper in Silicon Valley. He just opened up the Draper House for Founders on Sixth Street in Austin. I went there. I went to a Founders breakfast this morning. So yeah, uh, it, it, it's really got a great ecosystem, and and Austin is this wild, fun, crazy city. And when Iowa is 20 below zero Fahrenheit. Austin will be about 70 degrees, and um, I think I can live with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really cool about Don Draper. He, or Sorry, you said Tim Draper, his dad. There's Don Draper. His son is also into VC stuff. They're both into VR, right? You know what? It could be Don. I oh, could okay. be wrong about that, but the Draper family. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Anyway, that's that's really cool. And they're, they're big into uh, virtual spaces in the metaverse and cryptocurrencies integrating with all of that stuff. Um, so I, I love that. I love that, that, there's a, that you're there for that founder meeting. Very cool. Um, yeah. 
Thank yeah, you. It, it's great. Things are happening and we're glad to be in the middle of it. Absolutely. And so, yeah, we uh, have some people here that are happy to see you as well. We've got Utopian again and Sky Bison and Futurosity, Vinzap, Samwise, a bunch of people here. So like I said, if anyone wants to ask a question or comment after every section here, we're going to be taking some. So please do use the raise hand option. Um, so we're going to get into the origin story a little bit of how you became a founder. So let's go all the way back to how you discovered VR and how you got involved uh, in the way that you are now. Yeah, so, you know, for some people, I'm somewhat new to VR. Uh, I, I read the New York Times. They were giving away free Google Cardboard. You popped your phone into mm -hmm. it. I, I, they created some free content. I tried it out and basically all it was was 360 videos, yep. right? And but it was extraordinary to me. You know, I just thought, wow, this is crazy. And so I said, I've always been a founder. I'm a serial entrepreneur. This is my fourth company. Uh, I was building webs in 1997, mobile apps in 09. And I said, okay, this is a, a type of tech I want to figure out and figure out how to do something good in the world with it. So uh, I, I, you know, so since the last six years, I've been uh, chipping away in the salt mines. Mm -hmm waiting for some, some sort of critical mass to, to take hold with uh, virtual reality hardware and sort of feel like maybe we're there. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly feels like the uh, pandemic accelerated everything. The Oculus 2 got a little bit lighter and a little bit less expensive. And it feels like people are really becoming uh, interested. Like when I said it before, when we talked, when I talked about virtual reality, I got a blank look at my face. But now if you say the metaverse, everyone's like, wait, oh, I've heard about the metaverse. What is that? And what's what's going on here? Right. It's kind of interesting. Um, do you we yeah. just had an event on the metaverse. Do you have an opinion about what is the metaverse to you? Yeah, people seem like it's this really complicated deal You know, to me. The metaverse, and, and I write this in my, my articles, the metaverse is a live synchronous location. That's a little bit of jargon. It just means multiplayer. Live synchronous location where we can interact with each other, 3D objects in, in, in various experiences. And, and it really doesn't have to be anything more than that. And, you know, the, the hardware you use to access it uh, you know, that can be a, all sorts of things, but, but that's really what it is. We are in this, this live computer generated world and, and it will dramatically change everything. And I, and I have a few examples of that at, at some point when we get past the origin story. Right. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, so yeah, do you want to, you said you're a serial entrepreneur. Do you want to talk about some of the businesses that led you up to uh, what you're currently working on? A little bit. Yeah, you know, I would say a couple things that are interesting about my past. One is that I, I'm a I'm a recovering politician. <laughs> I thought maybe I could make the world a better place through politics. And in some of the things that I did have had a positive lasting impact, but but it's very challenging in politics. You know, it's it's two steps forward, one step back. And and there's a lot more um combativeness. Mm -hmm. And there needs to be. There's always combativeness in the world, whether it's business or entrepreneurship or, or the metaverse or whatever. But obviously in politics, a lot of it's created that, that doesn't have to exist. So 
I still love politics and I love a lot of people in the business, but, but I moved from politics to entrepreneurship. At that point, my elementary school came up for sale. Not a lot of fond memories for my elementary school. I only went to the principal's office one time. So I made an offer on the building and I purchased my elementary school and we didn't have many employees at that time. So we moved into a couple of rooms. I, of course, took the teacher's lounge, the one room I had never been allowed in. And it also has a private bathroom, which <laughs> is too bad. Right. So I took the teacher's lounge and, um, and then you know, other people took other rooms and we started building our uh, victorystore.com, which is our e-commerce company, which actually pays my bills. And um, ultimately then we're now building the world's, the future of education, the future of digital bit-based education from this wonderful atom-based school building that, that, you know, did so much good. Yeah, very cool. So that's so that, I guess I guess that's so you've always had a love for education and your your you know that's how maybe the bridge into from your entrepreneurial stuff to taking your entrepreneurial spirit into the education field. Would you say that that's sort of the, the bridge? Yeah, when I was in politics, I was chair of the House Education Committee in the Iowa House of Representatives. And one year we had some extra money. And so I wrote a bill that created the first technology funding bill. And this was in the 1990s. And so essentially that money was used. Every school district got a chunk to either connect to the Internet, which many schools in the 90s were not connected, obviously, or to buy computers. And so that really pushed Iowa forward in, in the world of technology. But it really didn't move the numbers for test scores or graduation rates or anything like that. So to the extent that you believe that, that we need to rely on some objective measurements in education, which I, I do believe we need to have some objective measurement, you know, I, I came to the conclusion that you really don't impact education until students, kids, people love to learn. But you know, you think about something you love to learn, right? I love to cook. I'll read books about cooking, I'll watch TV shows about cooking, I'll go and I'll spend hours experimenting with cooking because I love it and I, and I learn it and I learn you know, all the small details. No one has to force me to learn that. When I was in law school, that was horrible. I didn't enjoy most of my classes and I really had to force myself every night to read those cases. And, uh, and there's just a big difference. What I know is that through what we're doing here, we can provide education in a way that dramatically greater number of children love to learn. And, and we all, it's not a stretch to think that we can move the numbers in big ways once kids love to go to school, love to go to class, love to le learn about molecules or human organs or history, those sorts of things, which, which we're providing these just crazy fun ways to learn now. So that that's, that's really how the origin story came yeah. to be. No, absolutely. It sounds great. Yeah. And if anyone has any uh, thoughts or questions or comments on that, please do use the raise hand option. Um, otherwise, let's start getting into the, the, the specific projects because they're really fascinating what uh, you're doing. And I think that starts with the uh, Victory XR Academy. And so this is uh, extracurricular stuff. Is this where it's, you sort of started into education? Was this the first project or were there others? 
No, this is our Synchronous Academy that we launched in um, summer of 2020. We started, actually, we won an international award for our frog dissection. So I, I was I was having a an adult beverage with an old college buddy who was a, uh, a superintendent of schools, and he said, "You know, what we need we need a virtual reality frog dissection because the law in the United States allows students to opt out of dissecting real animals." Mm. So we went to work, and in eight weeks, we had a frog dissection. This wonderful floppy frog who flops all around. You can cut him open, pull his organs out. And he's just as happy to have it done the next time as he was the first time. So we won an award, the Vive Port Award from HTC Vive. They gave us $30,000. That paid our bills for a couple months. And um, we signed a deal with the largest dissection company in the world to produce almost all of their major dissection specimens now as, as virtual reality biology products. So as the world begins, Moving from from real atom-based animals that are that are uh, you know put to sleep uh, permanently for for use in classrooms, we believe that we have provided a better product that is um, more hands-on, can be used over and over, and costs school districts dramatically less. It's a win-win-win situation. Frogs like it. A superintendent of schools like it. And most of the kids like it. And, you know, if you're if you're going to be a medical doctor, you probably should be working on the real thing. But in this case, I think the VR, the simulated version, I think that's a better option for a lot of kids. Yeah, that could completely makes sense. And you can imagine as the graphics get better and as it becomes more realistic and lifelike in here, that's just going to continue to increase. Um, that brings me to a question of, of the platform you chose. So we just did a metaverse platform review where we talked about VR chat, Facebook horizons, all these different ones. And I noticed that engage was really catering itself towards education and corporate kind of, uh, facilitating. Would you say, I think that you've chosen engage for your general platform and yeah. you want to talk about that and your choice behind that? Yeah. So horizon wasn't an option when we uh, began searching, we, we tested a few and, you know, uh, there's some that are clearly not suitable for school children. I think you've probably been in a few of those. Um, alt space. We, we looked at alt space. It didn't, you know, we wanted to be able to talk to the owners of the company and tell them what we needed to fix. It. And I wasn't quite sure that I'd get there here yet. I think alt space, frankly, now is probably well suited for a school or an academy. Um, but we chose Engage through the flexibility and be able to reach the CEO. Um, and so we began building our academy. And it's a large campus, over 40 learning spaces. Uh, we have over 3,000 learning objects because when you think about it, that's really the key. You have to have these learning objects, right? You got to have the molecules and, and the objects from history, and you have to have uh, the artwork, so we've got all the world's great pieces of art, and, and not just 2D, they're 3D. So when you get up close to the art, you can actually see the brush strokes that, that Van Gogh laid down. So so these are all the hundreds and thousands of objects that you need for teachers to be able to actually teach. Um, and, and then we started adding to it field trips. So we've recorded almost 200 field trips around the world that are enhanced 360 video. Mm. So for example, students can go and stand on the Great Wall of China 
not, not a simulated version that we built, but the actual 360 version of it and move around and take a look at it. And there they learn about engineering design. That's the lesson we're teaching there. You know, that, you know, what's the problem? Well, Mongols keep invading us. What's a potential solution? Well, how about if we build a, a very long wall? And what are our resources? So, so that's engineering design for any of you that took engineering classes. We were able to teach that while standing on the Great Wall of China. And so while you're in the academy, you can call up any of these world field trips, you and your teacher can travel to this location, Iceland, Hong Kong, Singapore, South Africa, California, Iowa, um, on and on, and France and Germany and Athens. It's a wonderful opportunity for students to learn in a way that's never been possible before. Then we took it to another level. So we just, we, this is, is not public information yet. I guess it will be after I say it here. Um, Exclusive. We just finished our, I don't, I don't know how many of you are from the United States, but I think everybody knows that civil rights and, and the journey for African-Americans is a, um, it's a big issue in the United States. And so we just finished uh, our uh, African-American journey. So we have La Amistad, which was a slave ship. So this is not a 360 video. This is an actual recreation of this particular slave ship. So you can come onto the slave ship and you can go down in the cargo hold and you can see where the slaves are. Um, and you can hear the audio, the story of this really famous slave ship there were, Steven Spielberg made a movie about it then after you're done with the slave ship then you fast forward to 1965 and the bridge in Selma where the civil rights marches began uh, first with uh, Congressman Lewis and then later with Martin Luther King and they marched across the, this bridge and so classrooms that have the virtual reality headset they can all grab hands and they can walk across the bridge together, just like Martin Luther King did. Now, that's theoretically possible if you went to Alabama and then you drove in, into the middle of rural Alabama to this small, tiny town. But almost no one in the world is going to do that, especially an entire class. But now, anybody in the world, any class in the world, especially relevant in the United States, I think, can experience that that emotion and that story of, of traveling across this very important bridge in the civil rights movement. So that's what we're able to deliver. We're, we're extending it to literature where we are recreating these famous locations from uh, books. So we, we started with the courtroom from uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which is a book that every American high school student reads, and we'll move on to, um, to, to many other famous books. So that's that's what we're yeah, doing. That's that's really incredible because they do, you know, some people have, have coined the term that VR is an empathy machine. And to be able to empathize with the experience of, you know, somebody on a slave ship or something like that is is really incredible. And you're really and you're bringing the history books to life. Literally, I saw a video online where you guys had go, you go to the pyramids. So you're almost like you're studying King Tut or something, and you get to go into the King Tut's tomb, or you get to see how pyramids are built by using the building blocks and actually trying to build a pyramid next to the, you know, the the pyramid of Giza or whatever. It just is. It, it's it's just second to none. There's nothing like it. There's never been anything like it. It's really incredible. 
Yeah, it, it's it's a you know, and if I if you'll indulge me just a moment more, you know what what we're able to introduce at Fisk University. Imagine um, if you're a pre-med major or maybe a biology student, and you enter into a cadaver lab with a human body lying on this table in front of you, and your your professor takes her hand and reaches it into the chest cavity and pulls out the heart, and then and then hands the heart you are you where are you located right now uh, i am in uh los angeles are you oh i'm in tech so i hand it to you you're in los angeles and then you hand it to the person next to you who might be say in singapore so you can pass this human heart around and then the third student takes the heart and expands it until it's eight foot tall then you and your professor step inside it and look at all the ventricles and cavities and where the plaque forms to cause a heart attack. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. And it's a better way to learn. Yeah. And so it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think I read online that the Fisk university, you actually have pre-med students who are actually able to do this remotely. And I, I, you know, even if they were there, you're, you know, uh, having, uh, their hands in a, in a real cadaver, the fact that you can expand it and, and, and see up close what a, a vein would look like or an aorta or I don't know, whatever the case might be. There's got to be some uh, benefits to that. I would imagine today that the technology is not quite uh, 100% there, but it's increasing every year. And you can imagine how that's going to surpass the real thing in no time. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. We will introduce we have a healthy heart now, then we'll introduce a heart that is weakened by heart disease and then one that is filled with plaque uh, that's 98% full of plaque and the widow maker, as they call it in the medical mm, world. Got it. Yeah, so I, I've been uh, moving the slides behind us here, but we've, I've been, you've been tracking exactly the order of my slides, so it's been absolutely perfect. And uh, the, next, <laughs> the next one I've got here is... Nicely done. Yeah, thank you. The oh, I guess I, I, I thought I had one where it was... Uh, a astronaut that was floating in space and looking at a lung or something like that. That was kind of interesting. So you can also have fun with it, right? You can play around and it's almost like that movie micro space or inner space. When we were, when I was a kid, there was this with Randy Quaid or Dennis Quaid or one of the Quaid's and he goes into the uh, body. Um, and you can do that as well. You can be an inner space astronaut entering into uh, organs. It's really fascinating. So for one of the summer camps this summer, we taught computer engineering, how to build a computer, which, you know, that's a pretty valuable skill when you're, you know, 15 years old. So we, we, turned, we, we took all of the students and made them the size of Ant-Man. Then we took them inside the computer and showed how all the parts fit together, how the chip worked, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a great way to learn. And what you're talking about I guess I'd, are you more of a Star Trek guy or a Star Wars? Guy? I, I'm both, but I have to admit, anyone who grew up in the '80s has to be Star Wars. I hate to say it, but you know, it captured our imaginations, and there was a lull of Star Trek at that period. But I love them both. Yep. So, so I'm both as well, but I, I'm a little older than you, so I'm a Star <laughs> Trek guy. And when when my team was building the, we have a planetarium, and then you go from the planetarium up to the starship. And that's what we teach astronomy, or you can teach other things in there. But I told my team that you have to build me a transporter that operates similar to the one on Star Trek. So if any of you ever take a tour with us of our campus, 
from the planetarium, you'll step into the transporter and the lights will start flashing and the sound will happen. And next thing you know, you're in the uh, Starship, which is pretty Very cool. cool. Yeah, there's there's some incredible, and hopefully, I don't know if you are tapped into some of the talent in all space, but there are some incredible world builders. One named Nico, who has an experience where you can you you're it you're you can go to the different planets in the solar system, and you can like you know you know look at them up close and things like that. So there's just so the, the whatever your imagination can can summon is what can be created now in in virtual reality. It's really really great. Um, that's it. If you can think it, you can build it. Absolutely. So, so I think this brings us to your latest project, which was an announcement that I think, uh, you released in August, which is the, the American high school, uh, which is the first high school delivered in VR. So can you, uh, walk us through that and, and how you think that's going to change education? Yeah. So first of all, the founder of American high school, Dana Williams, is this amazing, amazing woman. Um, in the 1980s, she was getting a computer science degree. Now, first of all, I went to college in the 80s. There were not a lot of women in computer science learning coding in the 1980s. Even more, there were almost no African-American, no black women in computer science classes. But there was Dana trailblazing her way into the, into the tech world, which, which is wonderful. So then, before anybody else started an online school, she started an online school 20 years ago. You know, the internet was brand new, and here she is starting this online high school. So when she read about what we were doing, she reached out and said, I need to make the transition from being an online school to a virtual reality school. And so we, we found a partner, Qualcomm is our partner in it, to help uh, fund the proof of concept. And um, they use Oculus Quest headsets in this instance. Fisk, by the way, Fisk University with Cadaverlet is Vive headsets. Um, and so, and our partner there is T-Mobile, Fisk, by the way. So uh, with American High School, we got the headsets together. We got Qualcomm involved and we built them a campus. Mostly it's based on the Victory XR campus. And then they began recruiting students who wanted to do this proof of concept and to have a live synchronous class. And so they launched four classes with global students. They have 3,000 students in their online school from around the world, you know, dozens and dozens of countries. It's, it's a little harder with virtual reality because what's easy in the United States for us to get a headset, many, you know, India, not, not easy. And really you need a sixed off headset. Three-doff headset, which is available in most of the world, really doesn't work very well for for this type of thing. So, have access to an affordable six-doff headset is, is, can be challenging. So we started with just the Western Hemisphere. They taught their first four classes in in a short August summer session. Now they're teaching uh, four more in the fall session. So students gather from around the world, mostly the Western Hemisphere, different countries. And they enter and they will never be together geographically, or at least not through this school. But they come together just like we've come together here. And they do experiments and they learn kinesthetically. They work together. They break up into small groups and they work on projects together. It, it, you know, and so many people, I try to explain this whole concept. And obviously everybody here gets 
those who don't understand what's happening right here, right now, to explain it to them is very difficult. So they say, oh, so, so it's a video? No, <laughs> it's not a video. Don't even think right. video. It's, it's full 3D. It's special, but it's hard for people to grasp until they've actually yeah. been inside and experienced it. Right. And so is this, so is this school like actually accredited? Like if a student goes to this school, will they actually get credits that are regulated and notified by the U S government or whatever? That's incredible. That, that's exactly right. They are, it's a fully accredited school. Every class they take is for credit. Now, when you take classes at our Victory XR Academy, those are what are called supplementary. But at American high school, those are fully accredited classes. And, you know, when a student takes a class from around the world, um, their credits are in the United States, but, but in many countries, they accept those classes for credit in, in their home country. So that's how they, they do it. For example, the Bahamas, it's, it's a great way to take classes. Right. So it really takes homeschool to the next level, I guess. Everyone's going to be homeschooled in the future. It, you know what? That's exactly right. And, you know, if you think about college, let's say, this is what Morehouse College and Fisk are doing. Now, you might be, and I, we still have time, I just want to explain the difference between those two models because it's a really important difference. But, you know, imagine doing a lab. You're, you're in college remotely. How do you do your labs to, in 2D? In like Zoom, you can't do labs that way. The only way you can do labs is in a full spatial 3D environment like this. So, the FISC model, they keep their headsets on campus in a building. So you're still geographically coming to campus, entering a building, putting on the headset with your professor, and then going into the cadaver lab. That makes it so they don't have to go to Vanderbilt University to take their cadaver classes, their pre-med classes. But Morehouse College example is, I think, probably the example of the future where at the beginning of the semester, the students check the headset. And then they return it at the end of the semester. So they might take one, two, or three classes in virtual reality during the semester. And after school, they can all meet in the student lounge and have meetings. They can, the chess team can meet uh, on, the, on the chess, the Queen's Garden, as it's called, and play chess. So there's all these additional extracurricular activities that can occur on your digital campus, this campus. It was built to look like your campus. Right. Amazing. So, you know, I, I have to admit, you know, when I was talking to friends about this event that we were having, this is the thing they were most fascinated with. They were like, wow, you mean really someone could go to school in virtual reality? And, and I guess my question then is like, so let's say state by state, are there different rules for state by state? Or if, is the, if this school, if you're based in Florida, for example, can someone in California uh, take it and, and, and get the same kind of credits? Or how does that work? So fortunately for us, all of these legislative battles were actually undertaken when I was in the legislature because the virtual reality school is currently governed under the same laws as an online, as online academy. So every state has laws that now legalize online education. And, and there are some national companies that, that are, frankly, publicly traded that set up these online schools. And so in my home state, uh, you know, one of the challenge is 
challenge is, is that most states still have regulations that the teacher has to be licensed in that particular state. So if you are a student in Des Moines, Iowa, and teacher is licensed in the state of Texas, well, that doesn't work. And so there are ways that you have to go around it with multi-state licensure and some other things, and really bureaucratic, and, and that these laws ultimately need to change, but as you can guess in politics, that, that can be difficult with everybody who, who gets their piece of it. So um, nevertheless, online legislation currently regulates virtual reality legislation. There are a lot of online high, high school students and homeschool students across the country. And homeschool laws also apply. Wow. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to get my kids in there if I ever have kids, because I want to, you know, I, if during the pandemic, we were allowed to remote work, my wife and I. And so we were like, well, where should we remote work from? And so we decided to go to Hawaii for seven months and it was incredible. And so then we were like, well, where else should we go? So we're like, well, what if we spent a year in Italy? What if we spent a year in Tokyo? But they were always thinking like, well, you know, if we have kids, that will be an issue and because then we have to make sure they're in the school system. And this solves all of that. This opens up the entire world for everyone, not not just the kids, but the parents who can then remote work from anywhere in the world. You know, that is such a big, big, important point. One of the things I say is, you know, imagine that your destiny is to be the world's greatest chip architect. Your, your, your mind is wired that way. You love that kind of thing. You are born in rural Mexico. And you will never have the technology in your school. You will never have the opportunity. And so even though you're going to ultimately be the world's chip architect or the world's best heart surgeon, you never get to experience your destiny because, because your geography prevents you from having the opportunity. What we believe is that if we can deliver education that is geographically agnostic, and Every child has the opportunity to fulfill their ultimate destiny, which sounds very Star Wars-like. Mm -hmm. No, it's, yeah, it's really incredible. So I guess you're, you're going to have, you know, if a normal high school has a couple thousand students, are you ready for a billion students or whatever? Your, your, your base for your uh, user is so massive. That it's global and it, it's everybody. Are you? <laughs> how, I guess that'll be the back end uh, bureaucratic stuff that you're going to have to deal with when you when you hit critical mass. Yeah, you know, I always say there are good problems to have and bad problems <laughs> right, to have, right, right. and uh, that's a good problem to have. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's it's completely mind blowing. I just for those uh, who are watching this on YouTube uh, in a couple weeks, uh, I have a picture now of an example of a dinosaur that just so happens to be roaming through a gym. Uh, so I noticed that this was an XR thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that, that's not any gym. That's my gym. Oh, wow. That's in the elementary school I purchased. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's my favorite quote up there, and that's the basketball hoop I still play. Wow. On. Victory basketball right there. So yeah. this... So I'm sorry. No, yeah. So I'm just saying... So I know that you're... Um, leading us to a virtual future, but right now some people may not have those capabilities and you have XR in the title of your, your company. So is this sort of augmented reality matched with virtual reality or how are you looking at that? Yeah. So this is a, so 
how do you sort of provide a bridge to the future? This is our dinosaur book uh, that can be a gift or it can be a learning tool in schools. And, and since a lot of schools have iPads or they have Windows 10 books that have uh, cameras now or phones, then they can use this. And if they take this into their gym, and they can see the actual two scale size of every dinosaur in the book. And they learn a lot about them, you know, when they, when they were around and all these sorts of things. And, and some of them roar and the kids just run around the gym like crazy with their phones. And, and ultimately it'll be with glasses. We all know mm -hmm. this. Um, you know, we did one with uh, journey for civil rights where the civil rights leaders come to life and tell their story. We did one with, human organs. Um, ultimately, uh, we have a lot of plans for AR. We are building a biology lab that works just on AR glasses. I can't really say which AR glasses, but um, you just put the glasses on and, and there's the body in front of you. And um, it, it's very similar to our VR, but it's only the body on a table. So it's just like a cadaver. And then you can learn about all the organs, et cetera, et cetera. Got it. Great. Crazy. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, it's, it, you know, they, they say that augmented reality, once the glasses come out, is going to hit first and then we're going to head into the virtual world. So you, you've got all the, you've got the whole gamut covered with uh, your, your XR. That's uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so we're, we're just about to go into our next category here, which is our last category. So this is, uh, this is your chance, guys. If anyone has a comment or question uh, for uh, Steve, uh, now is the time to put your name in the queue there. Um, so we've touched on this uh, a little bit, but just thinking, um, you know, you have a, a really good handle on where we are right now with the technology and you have a big vision for where we're headed. How long do you think it'll take to get there? Uh, do you have a roadmap or are you just rolling with the, the punches as they come or how are you looking at the, the future of all of this? Yeah. You know, the one thing we don't control is the advancement of the hardware. And that, that's, that's been the single greatest challenge for everybody. There have been a lot of companies that have gone out of business uh, waiting for the hardware to deploy. But what I can tell you is this. Over the next 18 months, you'll see a lot of colleges and universities adopt uh, cadaver labs, biology labs, that type of thing. You'll see some of the large online colleges and universities. And, you know, today there's a number of them that have 100,000 plus students that are all Zoom right now. And so they will begin adopting a, a virtual reality campus. I think that Oculus is going to sell 10 million of these Quest headsets this year. And then you got Pico, which was just bought by TikTok. That'll explode. Vive's got a good foothold. So we're going to see a large deployment of headsets. So let's say 10 million this year within three years probably 50 million headsets. Most of those purchased by people between the ages of 15 and 25, prime age to, for, for college learning. So um, over the next 18 months, you'll see uh, some students learning remotely in virtual reality colleges rather than Zoom college. And you'll see a lot of high schools adopting, probably at least 20% of the high schools in America, adopting VR as a tool or as a, as a lab. Next year, you will probably see the first AR glasses with deployable education products that are ready to be sold to colleges and universities. That's my hope for 2022. 
then moving into 23 and 24, you're going to see some more, um, maybe 25, more robust AR glasses from the big players, potentially Apple. And, um, and we'll see what Facebook brings out. Uh, Microsoft, I think, will will continue. I, I expect to see HP and Lenovo introducing more robust AR or VR products over the next 12 months. So you're going to see this, this proliferation of hardware, and, and all of that leads in 25 to learn from anywhere, where the traditional structure of being bound geographically by your education institution um, the, 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 the fraying of that model begins to accelerate between 23 and 25. And then, you know, as, as we saw this year with work, you know, the whole ge geographically bound by your work, it was happening pre-pandemic, but then, you know, all hell broke loose this year. We're going to see that same sort of thing happen with education. People who are used to being remote and used to immersive learning will demand the institutions to follow that pattern. So um, by 25, everything looks different. Wow. And so, you know, thinking way long future, allowing your imagination to go, do you see this being completely ubiquitous? And, and it, will there be a place for geographic-centered uh, uh, education in the future? Or Will it really be like Ready Player One? In the movie, Ready Player One, they focused a lot on the gaming and the racing. But in the book, Ready Player One, the first couple chapters is based on him going to his virtual high school in his virtual hallway with his virtual locker. Um, you know, how do you see it way out, 15 years, 20 years out? Yeah, I, I believe that, you know, maybe because I grew up in a atom-based world, that, that we will continue to to have those experiences, you know, athletics and sport and and, and social, you know, much of that. Well, the, the human condition requires uh, proximity to other humans, so I don't think that goes away. But you know what? There was a time I went into an office. I own an office building, and I'm in my office two three days a month. That's it. And my team, you know, we sort of rotate our time to be in the office because there are reasons that somebody needs to be there, but we are just as productive and probably more productive working remotely. Uh, my my e-commerce company, Victory Store, we print products, atom-based products, and that can't be done remotely. That's got to have humans in a location. I do think that it doesn't completely go away, but I think for many people, it does, mm. and um, and so twenty five years from now, we will scarcely recognize the way education is delivered. We'll see it in movies. Children and grandchildren will see it in movies and think, "Wow, that's crazy! You did that, Grandpa." Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's almost like the gamification of knowledge the gamification of education you're making it fun to learn right it's like it's no longer a drag where you have to open a textbook and get quizzes now you're actually going to these places and experiencing these things and it's like people will be wanting to go to school because you'll be having these incredible experiences so um it all sounds very fascinating and uh you know i can't wait i don't know i would get me there get me there now be me in yeah. <laughs> be me in I yeah 
Yeah, you know, and I love being around people who share the vision. It's it's so you know, most of my day is spent convincing right. people right. of the vision, and and probably the same for most of us. Um, I have to imagine 100 years ago, 120 years ago, people were saying, "What do you think the future is going to look like? Do you think you know the roads will be shared half by horses and and half by cars in in a hundred years, or you, you think horses will just go away? And and the reality is, horses haven't gone away. People still ride horses, but ninety nine point nine nine percent of transportation is powered by uh, motors or combustion engines. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so I know I'm going to have some some listeners on the Spotify and Apple Podcasts and some viewers on YouTube who are going to be fascinated with this and want to get uh, to get in touch with you. So what is the best way for them to reach out or even if someone wanted to enroll their child in a high school or take a course at a university? Uh, yeah. How do they reach out to you? Yeah, let, me, let me suggest several. So so first of all, feel free to visit us at VictoryXR. Dot com really easy victoryxr.com you want to communicate with me two ways uh linkedin just search for steve grubbs g-r-u-b-b-s and victoryxr easy uh but you can always email me steve at victoryxr.com just email me directly and i'm pretty good at getting back to people fairly quickly um and, and if you want to enroll your student in a high school american school in florida uh you know, Dana Williams has a great school. She's been doing it for a lot of years. And, um, you know, try taking a class. If you just wanted your child to take a supplementary class with, uh, so for example, we have Wendy Martin, national finalist, teacher of the year, one of the best teachers in the world. And any of your students can have access to one of the best teachers in the world. Why? And you know what we charge for a, a full five session course? 25 bucks. If you can have access to one of the best teachers in the world for 25 US dollars, just it, it, it's, it's a no brainer. Absolutely. Great. Well, uh, this was really fascinating, Steve. I'm so glad you could make it. And, uh, you know, from a hotel room in a foreign uh, city that is not yours and you, you were able to make it. So uh, everybody, please give uh, Steve uh, some warm emoji love here. And uh, thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And, and thank you, everybody, for teleporting in to this WorldCast of Simulation Nation, whether you're with us in virtual reality like these fine folks listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or watching a glorious Technicolor on YouTube. Uh, and remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, Facebook and Discord. And if you enjoyed this event, please give us a five rating in all space before you leave. And if you didn't, please don't share the hate. Uh, then join us next week for our ninth episode in our World Builders of All Space series with an amazing two for one. Not only will we have the amazing World Builder Shushu, but also Nico and the VRM team. Until then, stay plugged, my friends. <laughs>